Welcome to our latest episode of the Good and Grounded podcast. It's a bite-sized discussion with some dynamic leaders who are working to solve some challenging issues in our community. I'm Laura Love, and as always, I'm joined by my dynamic co-host, Jen Licko. Thanks, Laura. Today, we're joined by Carrie Knott, Executive Director of the Marigold Project, which is an organization founded in 2017 by one of our favorite Colorado artists, Nathaniel Rateliff. Uh, the Marigold Project supports community and nonprofit organizations working on issues of racial, social, and economic justice. This includes activities like coalition building and training, immigrants initiatives, workers' rights, gun violence prevention, um, environmental equity, and food and farming solutions, just to name a few of, of many of them. Um, so there's a lot going on here. And as I mentioned, um, Carrie is the, the executive director of the Marigold Project, and she has a long history of working in the foundation, nonprofit, and philanthropic space, including nearly 10 years with FarmAid. Uh, so thanks for joining us and welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Jim obviously gave a pretty good overview of um, the Marigold Project, but you live and breathe this. So would you share with us a little bit about how this group was formed? And, and really, is it exclusive to Colorado or is there a larger footprint as well? Okay. So in I want to say 2016, I met Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats through my work at FarmAid. I was living here in Colorado, but working remotely and just wanted to bring them into the FarmAid fold. Um, I could tell that they would be a good fit for that work. I could see that the love that they had for each other and how that would translate to what we were doing. And then Nathaniel said he wanted to start a foundation and asked if I wanted to run it. So um, of course I said yes. I was a big fan of their music before I worked for them, so that was definitely a dream. Um, I was working in the development and fundraising space, and it's been a natural fit to try and put some of those skills onto what we're doing. Um, and when I arrived in Colorado, Nathaniel started off with, I want to work on homelessness and gun violence. And I was like, cool, those are easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, light topics to discuss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that and I appreciate that about him very much is that he's not doing this to, to do any sort of surface level work or work that just looks good. Um, and we are based here in Colorado. Um, we do split our funding about 60-40 Colorado national um, just because we have deep relationships all across the country, but also um, being able to model share what different organizations are doing and um, connecting those folks with each other has been a big part of our, our um, added value too. That's great. I, I became familiar with the Marigold Project through some work you all did with Denver Urban Gardens, which of course falls under that under that food and, and farming solutions bucket we mentioned earlier. Um, how has the last 24 months changed or impacted what the Marigold Project is working on? Because you obviously mentioned, uh, you know, uh, homelessness and gun violence, but then it's expanded to so much more, to include so much more. And I have to imagine that the last couple of years have played an impact on that. So the last 24 months have been tricky. Of course, we rely heavily on the band's tour uh, for the bulk of our funding. We have um, been in a little bit of a pause and had to had to pull back on um, the size of our grants for sure in 2020 and 2021 a little bit. Um, what's really exciting for this year is we're going to be bigger than ever. We have more initiatives, more projects, um, more relationships that are deepening um, that will really propel us forward. Um, it definitely opened our eyes even further to the injustice of different issues and how they play into each other and um, how 
in certain parts of the country, um, we could take a supporting role. You know, here in Colorado, um, we are very rarely the lead on an, on an issue or initiative. We do like to lend our, our name and time when we can. Um, and it's also made us really reflective of what our role is within social justice movement work and um, gave us a lot of time to really sit and reflect and mm-hmm. think creatively about uh, what's next for us. Yeah, I feel like, we, and we've talked a number of times in this podcast about how you know, we only know what we know, and the more you start asking questions and listening to people, the more you open your eyes to how, like you said, interconnected many of these issues are and that type of thing. I'm curious to know, you said 60-40 split, a lot of your work is here in Colorado, but it's also nationwide as the band tours and that kind of thing. Um, what are the differences? Um, are there differences, I guess, between what's going on with social, racial, economic justice in Colorado versus other parts of the country, or are there, are there common themes? Oh, I think there's common themes, but I think um, the differences by state and by region, it a lot of time depends on who your elected officials are, who is bringing what kind of initiative forward. Um, so that makes a little bit of a difference in terms of what um, what communities exist here. I think it's it's important to be cognizant that Nathaniel and I are both white people who we both grew up very working class, for sure, but we don't have the same experience as a lot of the organizations that we fund or the, the mm-hmm. folks that they're supporting. Um, and so we really let ourselves be led by um, the people who are closest to the pain. I know, given your past, it probably isn't that big of a deal, but I just have to ask, how is it working with sort of a well-known musician in that day-to-day environment of a nonprofit? What's that experience like? I mean, it's so fun. You know, we, like I said, we have a very similar upbringing, um, both from the Midwest, both working class. There's a practicality to what we do and a speed to what we do that I love so much. You know, he'll text me sometimes and be like, hey, I saw this in the news or I was reading about this. Like, what do you think about that? And send me off into a direction um, and task me with something in that way. Um, What's amazing about working for a musician is uh, we're not beholden to anyone really, you know, he, he has fans that, um, he is in community with, of course, and we're in deep relationship with our, our organizational partners, but if we need money, he can just go play a show. So (laughs) that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It makes us really nimble. And, um, there isn't that sort of scarcity mindset that we have, but on the other side, you know, we've been poor before, so <laughs> we, we know what that's that feels right. like, and that's not scary either. So I think a lot of foundations can get tripped up by going through the machination of things, and I just love how quick and nimble we are and how responsive we are to things happening culturally, for sure. Yeah, I have to imagine you you talked about the 60-40 split, but given you know where they travel, where he travels to see how much of those ideas are coming from the experience you know they have on the road. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I know you have probably both heard that the idea that any sort of celebrity or musician or artist should stick to their craft and not not have any sort of opinion. And like that just blows my mind because <laughs> of all the people, like they travel the world. They also interact with every single kind of human, um, you know, whether it's the person who's stocking their green room or the governor that came to the show that night, you know. So to me, who better than than to have an opinion? <laughs> They're right. just exposed to so much. Yeah. Um, 
You mentioned it earlier, and and, and I'm just curious um, your take on this because you work you work in it every day. But um, these issues, these varied issues, workers' rights. Um, you, you think about workers. You think about immigrants. You think about gun violence, gun safety. You think about food insecurity. Um, they all play that central role in social and racial justice. Can you talk about how? Um, so many different things play a role in that and and maybe what you all are doing to try to tie them together in some ways um, with where you fund projects. Yeah, well, we think a lot about the narrative about, um, you know, for instance, gun violence. Um, I know what grabs the headlines is mass shootings and, you know, as, as they should. Um, the reality of the statistics behind that, though, is um, about two-thirds of violent gun deaths in Colorado are death by suicide. And so understanding that background and um, being in deep relationship with the organizers who work in that space, that is what helps direct us. Um, that helps us understand, number one, how to fund, but also how to hold space with these folks. Um, when we're in the room, but also when we're online and talking about mm -hmm. um, any particular issue. Yeah, I think just a follow up to that, you, you had mentioned this sort of community conversation series that you're starting um, called Ground Cover. And, and we talked about, you know, having the conversation as part of this and being open to talking to other people about their opinions and that type of thing. Um, I have to say, so you mentioned that this, this Ground Cover community conversation is going to start taking place at the Skylark Lounge, which... I have to say, I have to go on record as saying, A, uh, one of my favorite establishments in all of Denver, and then B, so like over the moon, happy to hear that Nathaniel and his friends were kind of taking it over yeah. uh, as, as it kind of experienced some financial difficulties during the pandemic. But can you talk a little bit about um, that particular initiative um, called Ground Cover? Yeah, Ground Cover. So we kicked that off last weekend with Ashley Woodard Henderson from the Highlander Center in Tennessee. Um, it's meant to be a cultural and community gathering spot um, to have conversations that uh, grow all of us a little bit and grow us a little closer to each other. One of the great things, of course, about musicians is that they can attract folks to a room that otherwise, um, you know, maybe somebody wouldn't attend an event like this. But um, yeah, all the guys were in the back. Um, on Sunday, asking questions, um, being present, um, being part of what was happening there. And, and we kicked it off with a conversation about community and how do we come back to each other? How do we figure out what do we need as individuals to be in right relationship with each other, but then how does that affect how we reach out to one another? Um, and it was a really, really brave space. It was um, great to have Ashley hold that for us and and help us um, kick things off. And we're looking forward to moving from issue to issue, um, you know, with our with our funded groups and our, our local partner organizations, but also folks from across the country and bringing in new ideas and, and being inspired by each other. Um, eventually, we hope to make that a sort of a Sunday supper following it um, so that people can continue the conversations that they're having or, or connect with each other in a more deep and intentional way. Um, and that would be great just as soon as we feel a little bit more safe to be in that space together and, and sharing food like that um, with folks from across the community.
For sure. Before I forget, because I know I'm having the thoughts, so probably some listeners are having thoughts, but like, how often will these occur? Um, you know, can I buy tickets to it? Are they going to be like repurposed on YouTube or online somewhere? What's all the details of that? Yeah, so we did record this past Sunday. Um, we are not super committed to a hard and fast timeline just yet. We're looking at mm -hmm. maybe every other month, maybe we'll do it quarterly based on, on what um, our partners can handle and what the demand is. Um, we sell the tickets through Eventbrite and, and promote that with the Skylark. Um, like you said, the guys, Nathaniel and Chris um, bought, bought the spot um, and Bob Ashby, who Nathaniel and Joseph Pope have been friends with since they were 12, um, is, run, is running the show there, which is great. It's very <laughs> so much cool. a, it feels like our clubhouse now. So it's, <laughs> it's a fun spot for us. So I have to ask, because I'm not sure if, if you and Jim talked about this before, but we started um, something called the Get Grounded Foundation. It's a private 501c3 back in 2015. And, you know, a portion of our profits go to Denver at-risk youth in three different areas. And I will tell you that the hardest thing for me to do personally is having to say no when somebody submits a grant application, because I read them and I'm like, of course, we want to help everybody. And I have to imagine that that problem for me, for you is about tenfold. So how do you guys determine like who you fund, who you don't fund, where you draw the line? To be honest, we are still growing. We're in a place where we don't even accept applications yet. And I don't know, uh, you know, I have that history of 15 years of nonprofit work prior to um, joining the guys here. And I can't tell you how frustrating it was and how much work and how many hours we put into grant applications for, you know, a $5,000 grant that, to be honest, um, I'd rather people do the work, you know? So we have deep relationships with folks. We, and you're right, there is no shortage of incredible work being done across the country and, of course, right here at home. But if we are giving anything 10,000 or less, it's sort of our philosophy that it's up to us to find the work. It's up to us to, to build those relationships and trust that those organizations that we've selected know what they're doing. Um, and, and that's just part of our value structure, but it does, it's also a time saver for both of us, for me and for the organizations. Yeah, I have to, um, I, I sort of feel a little bit I think a little bit jealous right now that you have made that we interviewed. You can always change it. I know we can't. We interviewed um, Jamie Duffy. Of, I don't know if you know Youth on Record, and she had the same kind of philosophy, right? That she shared it widely. But the nonprofits are there to do great work. Why are we bogging them down with grant applications? So we we took that to heart and made some changes on our end too. Yeah, yeah. The number of times I've had to really dance for our supper for. <laughs> <laughs> in past fundraising jobs. I'm like, right? can I just do my job? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, well, I, I have about 50,000 other questions about the Skylark. Okay. Um, but we, we do like to leave our listeners with at the end of every episode with some type of call to action. One thing they can do to help or support um, this initiative or related initiatives. I'm just curious, what would, your, what would your takeaway for our listeners be as far as how they might be able to support the Marigold Project or the, the organizations that you all support? Oh, for sure. Um, well, I think follow us on socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we'll always post what we're up to there. In terms of what they can do to support us, I love people to get activated about what's going on in their community. I love to get them curious um, and thinking. So many times I've been pulled aside at shows and fans will tell me that 
they would not know these organizations if it weren't for us lifting them up. And that's so rewarding to me. Um, you know, and an artist reached out to us once and said, when are y'all coming to Texas? Like, what can we do there? And I'm like, you should do Texas. You're from Texas. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta think about um, how are we all gonna get active? How are we all gonna come back to each other and um, move forward and realize the world that we want to live in that that really takes care of all living things. And um, we certainly can't do that on our own, but we can inspire others to dig in a little deeper into their communities and see what's going on, see which which issue in particular might might spark their excitement or, or have some sort of recognition in their history. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we, we appreciate the work you're doing. We appreciate um, Nathaniel's work and, and the band's work. Uh, their music um, has certainly been top of mind for me a long time, but certainly as the pandemic has evolved as well, um, his uh, solo album he put out was one of my favorites. So uh, we thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for um, doing what you do with the Marigold Project. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, such a refreshing conversation. I, I love talking to different nonprofits, and I know we've we've tried to you know dabble into specific areas and niches of, of things that are going on in our community. But I love to see um, an organization that has that mindset and that view to try to tackle such a, a widespread issue of you know these social and racial and economic injustices. Along those lines, I think my one cool thing uh, that I've seen over the past couple of weeks, um, knowing the conflict, the war that's happening in Ukraine. There's a guy, Chef Jose Andreas, who's um, you know a very successful chef, has been for a very long time, Spanish American chef. Um, he's been posting on his Twitter. You can find him at at Chef Jose Andreas. Um, he's been posting about how he's set up with his team, and and they have this whole nonprofit called World Central Kitchen that activates when there's a need, when there's a humanitarian need around the world, and they're they're literally there on the on the border of Poland and Ukraine, and they're giving out like somewhere around seven to ten thousand meals a day to refugees and to people who are seeking asylum. And I just, you know, thinking about that humanitarian topic and thinking about all that's going on in our world and then seeing one man who's been very successful and finding ways to use that success to help fellow man. It's just, it feels good uh, and it's nice to see. I love that. It's such a cool thing. And it's, if you know of any other leaders or humanitarians that are doing incredible things in Colorado, drop us a line. You can send us an email at podcast at groundfloormedia.com and we'll be sure to get back in touch and talk to you a bit more about that. Thanks for joining us. Sweet